Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. I'm Jamie. I'm Kelly. <sighs> we haven't been here in a long time. I don't remember the last time I was on the podcast. <laughs> it's been even longer for me. Um, Managed to avoid it. Yeah. Do I have Do I have a scratchy throat from uh, from last night? From screaming at your children because they had a snow day? No, from the Metallica. <laughs> Metallica. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Five times yes, Metallica. Children, his children had a snow day, and then he left his wife home alone with them all night too. Yes. <laughs> For Metallica. <laughs> this nerdy white man has seen Metallica in concert five times. Yes. Uh-huh. Twice below zero. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, what What I do think is noteworthy about uh, the Metallica concert from last night, there, th- there is a reason why I brought this up. Um, and sure. and for, for our listeners who aren't giant Metallica fans, um, A, what's wrong with you? And B, uh, it's, it's a heavy metal band from the 80s. That's it's a dad band. Still around. It's yes, so a dad it's, band. It's, that was acknowledged last night about all of the gray hair. And, you know, <laughs> there, there was a warning. If you're over 50, please stay out of the mosh pit. Um <laughs> But uh, age discrimination. Uh, I've seen him do this in, in two consecutive concerts because, um, you know, heavy metal band and all of these, you know, older white guys in the audience, you know, thrashing mm-hmm. their arms. But the lead singer, you know, he makes a point if, you know, this is your first Metallica concert, raise your hand. Woo! You know, if you've been here before, you know, he tells everybody, welcome to the family. And he very explicitly says, you are all welcome here. Everybody is welcome in the Metallica family. We don't care what the color of your skin is, what's between your legs, what God you pray to. If you're here to rock, you are welcome. And so I think it's a very nice thing (laughs) that this heavy metal band (laughs) makes a point of expressing inclusivity Mm -hmm. as a part of their show. They don't need to do that. And I feel like that's a great standard. So if your organization can't meet Metallica, these, Metallica <laughs> standard, <laughs> Metallica standard of inclusivity, then you really need to be uh, looking at your own values. Um, I feel like a lot of uh, rock bands have also like kind of come out and been more conservative than you perhaps would have anticipated. Probably. And it's been really weird to be like, oh, I liked you, but you're just an old white man. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, and I'm not saying, you know, it it was a bunch of white people in the yes. audience. So mm-hmm. it's not like this was some great moment, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I, I feel like expressing those values out loud, uh, that was something that was a positive, and I applauded. So I like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's my, uh, uh, <laughs> that's my evening last night. How many night. other people had been there five times? Many. <laughs> I, I think five times for that audience is probably about the mean, uh, about the average. Well, I mean, come on, it's a 80s band. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like this is the first <laughs> time they've toured. I've seen They Bite Me Giants twice in concert. They're a lot of fun. Nice. <laughs> That's be. So. I got to sit down and watch the concert. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag getting old. Yes. Okay. I'm the youngest on this by 10 years. I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's an aging crowd, um, but that was fine. It was fun. Um, so that was the reason why I was down in Cincinnati yesterday. 
you were down in Cincinnati, Jamie, for actual work. (laughs) (laughs) An actual work-related reason. What happened in Cincinnati yesterday? So in Cincinnati yesterday, they had a hearing on uh, part of the Down Syndrome Band's court challenge. Part of it? Part of it, yes, because... Because the state of Ohio, as Mike, with Mike DeWine as attorney general, note he's now governor, we have a new attorney general, um, but so when we file a court case, the first step of a court case is to see if the court will block the law from going into effect as it goes through the court process, getting a temporary injunction. Which we so, did. Which we did. And instead of then just letting the case proceed... Mike DeWine had to be a super jerk and say, no, 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 no. I want to appeal that temporary injunction. I don't think it should be blocked while we go through the court process. So that was what the hearing was yesterday. It was a hearing on the state's appeal of that temporary injunction to block the law from going into effect while the case proceeds through the court. So it's just DeWine being extra terrible. Yes, Great. It was an appeal he didn't have to file. They could have just let that stand and then gone through the process to see who wins and who loses through the court process. But no, we've got to be a jerk at every one of the levels. Right. And if they, if we hadn't gotten the temporary restraining order, this would have gone into effect March of last year? Yes. So it's been almost a year where mm-hmm. we had this restraining order. Yeah. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just getting my timeline right. <laughs> Yes. Well, and court takes forever, too. Yes. So the fact, actually, we were talking yesterday, and the fact that the hearing happened this quickly was actually pretty this, shocking this to all the lawyers. Almost yes. a year later. Almost a year later. <laughs> it was actually posed much more as a, it's been less than a year, and we're already here. So, yeah. I mean, the court <laughs> goes very, very slowly. So, yeah, this isn't actually even, like, the bones of the case. But it really is an important piece because you do have to lay out the case in order to get the injunction. So in order to get the injunction, you have to meet certain qualities. It's not just a, oh, you want an injunction here, have it. So you have to prove that the likelihood of winning the case. So you have to argue a lot of the pieces and the main points of the case. So what we saw yesterday wasn't just fighting about the injunction, but was you know the state presenting a lot of its case on why this is constitutional. Um, spoiler alert, it's not. And um, it's, it's like really super extra not constitutional. Yeah, I mean, yesterday basically the state argued that it it's not a ban on abortion. It's just another restriction. So that you can restrict abortion, you just can't ban abortion. So it's fine. But but this basically is a ban. A, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's really no argument to be made there. Yeah, there was a lot of kind of ridiculous arguments from the state um, on... How, you know, and, and also just kind of completely ignoring actually the, the way th- the world works <laughs> in a lot of ways. Imagine that. Imagine that. So, you know, one of the arguments was, well, you know, she might have this reason for having an abortion, but she might change her mind and use another reason to actually have the abortion. He, he used the analogy that it was kind of like a lawyer starting a case, arguing this one point and realizing that that's not their strongest point and moving on to another point and focusing their arguments on that point. Right. But the law says, the law that we're arguing here says that the in, person can't have, part? yeah, the person can't have an abortion if any part, even the smallest, tiniest little part of the decision is based upon a prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome, a test indicating Down syndrome, or any other reason to believe 
that the person is having the abortion because of a Down syndrome diagnosis or test result. So like over the age of 35. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the, to break this guy's argument down, like, so even if the woman had come in and like talked to the doctor and said, well, I want to have it for Down syndrome and then left and came back the next day and was like, no, 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 I've totally changed my mind. I want to have it because I just can't have another baby right now. The doctor already has that knowledge. Right. He can't attest to the fact that he didn't have the knowledge the day before. Right. Yeah. It It was it was so it, yeah, it was there was a lot of ridiculousness. And um I mean it's not a good law. It's hard to defend something when it's just so obviously terrible. Yes. Well, and how do you um one of the arguments that Jesse Hill on behalf of the ACLU fighting for preterm on this case made yesterday was Ohio's definition of the word knowledge is very, very, very broad. And although the law, it's the Down syndrome ban does not require the doctor to inquire um, to the person having the abortion why they're having the abortion. There's no requirement for them to ask that question. But Ohio's definition of knowledge includes a failure to inquire about the information. So how does a doctor then go ahead and attest in writing, which the law requires, that says, I have no knowledge... If they didn't inquire because the law on the word knowledge in Ohio requires inquiry about it. You know, every time I hear about what's happening in court, I'm more and more (laughs) thankful that I did not go to law school. Yeah. (laughs) It's ridiculous. This does sound like, you know, somebody went to mock trial, (laughs) you know, and then they had to come up with the most absurd example for students to argue over just to give them a taste. That's Mm -hmm. how obscenely... Ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it will be mock trial in 20 years. Probably. <laughs> probably. So, yeah. yeah. So, yesterday it was just the arguments. We won't hear probably, I would guess, for at least six months. I mean, we're still waiting on, you know, other right. things that have been argued previously. So. But since this is over the stay, we need the stay to be held in place. Yes. Because otherwise, if this bill goes into effect and, and you know, this is the big thing where it would be banning abortion is because it charges doctors with a felony yes. based on the thoughts in that woman's head, just mm-hmm. like what you just said. Yes. And so if you were a doctor and you were at risk of being charged with a felony based on what your patient might be thinking, yes. mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't take that patient. Yeah. And that's what closes clinics. Yeah. I mean, certainly, I mean, it would be, um, very detrimental. We haven't seen any of these go into effect anywhere. Um, it's been blocked in the states where it has been passed. So it would be interesting to see how um, how far doctors would feel they would have to go. Because again, the, the letter of the law is one thing, but when a doctor is facing a felony, like you just right. said, they're not going to get anywhere near the line of illegality here. They're going to stay well, well, well away from it. So it very well could have much larger implications beyond just the letter letter of the law. Right. And it's really tough to get that point across to people because they hear the name Down syndrome abortion ban and then they start developing their own opinion on Down syndrome, which is honestly not relevant to this bill. The bill is about banning abortion mm-hmm. access. It's by charging doctors with that felony. And so when people talk about the bill, they need to understand that this is an abortion ban. Yes, it has nothing to do with disability rights or any of those things. Because if you actually cared, as we talked about as the bill was passing, if you actually cared about supporting families that were raising children with Down syndrome, 
you would be passing family leave policies. Mm-hmm. You would be passing universal health care. You would be passing, you know, financial support for these families and all those kinds of things, making sure that our special education programs and schools are funded because they're underfunded by multiple millions of dollars every single year. Like these are real things that actually could improve the lives of individuals living with disabilities and the families that are raising children with disabilities. But we didn't do any of that. We banned abortion. And that's what this bill is about. It's about banning abortion. And those things you just described weren't just like hypotheticals. Those were were introduced amendments. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh Yes. They wrote those up Mm -hmm. and put them, you know, handed them out on the floor and said, hey, do we want to do this? Nah. And the Republicans said no. Yes. The Democrats brought forward all of those as amendments. The Republicans tabled the amendments. Yes. Would not even take a formal vote on them. hmm Yeah. Hated the idea of providing families with special needs children with a s- additional financial and health care mm-hmm. assistance. They said no. Yes. Right. Because this is about banning abortion and right. nothing else. I feel like there's been a lot of news in uh, as far as like abortion access is going, like the last two weeks, because New York just passed the Reproductive Health Act into law, and mm-hmm. Rhode Island is introducing and is considering one. And then also like Louisiana now has to have transfer agreements and their clinics might close this year. So it's a weird weird week. And Louisiana is looking at another one of these Down syndrome bans. Yes. Mm-hmm. Louisiana is, uh, and um, Indiana... Has one. Has one. That's been challenged. um, And there's a hold on it. Mm -hmm. Because everywhere this gets challenged, it gets defeated. Uh, Except theirs has gone all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, who is, you said, uh, deciding on whether to hear the bill, right? Yeah, well, the the weird, because we were actually talking about this yesterday. So um, thanks to... Uh, thanks to my lawyer friends, I know exactly how this works. So, um, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I have piecemeal law school knowledge at this point, but so when you appeal to the Supreme court, there's no deadline for the Supreme court taking up the case. It's just when their docket gets filled for the year, that year is done. Okay. So it could sit there forever and ever and ever and ever. Gotcha. So where we are right now and the legal experts I was talking with yesterday, they seem to think that it's not going to be accepted for this year's um, arguments because I guess they've scheduled through like late April or something like that at this point. So the chances of it getting picked are slim to none for this year. But unless they proactively say, no, we're not taking up your case, which they can do, if it just sits there, it just sits there. So they could actually take it up for arguments in the next Supreme Court session starting in October or something like that. So Great. So we might have an answer, but more likely it will just continue to sit there. Right. Okay. Much more likely to get something out of Louisiana on the Supreme Court this week than, in, than Indiana. Have transfer agreements been rejected by any district court? No, because transfer agreements had not really been challenged at this point because the court has seen them. They have been challenged in a couple of places and been upheld because for some reason the court sees them very different than admitting privileges. Okay. The court has ruled admitting privileges are unconstitutional, but for some reason see transfer agreements as less of a high standard. Even though they're really... The exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's an agreement with an individual doctor versus an agreement with an entire hospital. And frankly, I think an individual doctor getting an agreement is probably easier than getting an agreement with an entire hospital. But neither of which are in any way no. medically necessary. 
<laughs> it's all just trickery to try and block access to clinics by charging doctors with crap. Yes. Cool, 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 cool. Fun times. Speaking, Speaking of, of medical crap. trickery. <laughs> that was a good, good little uh, yeah. transition there, Kate. Um, so... Uh, leadership in the Ohio leg- Republican leadership in the Ohio legislature has changed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, uh, it changed, but stayed the same. Yeah. Um, has introduced along with Ohio Right to Life uh, six new bills. They you know they got their woo agenda mm-hmm. uh, for 2019 2020. So we now know what we're going to be looking at in the next uh, days, weeks, months for the next two years. Um, Boy alert, it's more BS. It's, yeah. It's, it's the same stuff we've seen. <laughs> oh, with some new fan to, fancy stuff, too. What what I thought was funny is they unveiled the six-point plan. They didn't call it that because I don't know why they didn't call it because then it sounds like an organized thing. <laughs> but if you read them down in order, the bills are blocking access, a bill based on a lie, a bill to block access, a bill based on a lie, a bill to block access, and a bill based on a lie. No, no, the last one is uh, paying other people to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it's blocking access, lie. Block access, lie. Block <laughs> access, lie. I'm like, at least change up the pattern so mm. that it's not like really obvious what you it people are doing. Sounds like a really terrible movie, Three Lies and Three <laughs> Blockers. <laughs> right. But even um, the blocking access is all still based on lie. But yeah. Don't let them get away sure. with that shit. Uh, the first one is Oops, uh, Ohio Right to Life <laughs> is... <laughs> You Oops, swore now I'm going to go back and uh-huh. it. Uh, I did BS a minute ago. I was so proud of myself. Um, okay, so uh, topping the list of Ohio Right to Life's hot garbage uh, <laughs> is their first year. They, they did this very late in the game mm-hmm. last month, um, but they're now in support of the six-week ban. Yeah, I'm sure that the people who've been pushing it for the last eight years are like, welcome to the party and thanks for taking credit for all the hard work they've done. Man, I love watching the (laughs) anti-choicers in fight. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's great when they lose. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, this this now is a bill uh, that Mike DeWine has many times during the campaign and Mm -hmm. since then said uh, that he will sign. Mm Um, so the point that our boss has been making that Kelly Copeland's been saying over and over again is since Kavanaugh, we can't trust the courts. They no longer provide that backstop. We know we can't trust the governor because he said he'd sign the bill. Mm-hmm. So the big decision on whether or not Ohio's going to have safe and legal access to abortion care now lies with your state senator and state representative. Scary proposition. Very scary proposition. So that's why it's important to be at the state house to call your leadership in the state house, call your representative and say, "Hey, wait a minute. The game has changed. Yeah. This is no longer a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. I don't support these bills, neither should you." Yeah, this is no longer just a political football that you're tossing around. This is actual people's lives and it will impact actual people's lives and, you know, people need the legislators really need to think about it. This isn't just uh, check off the box so that you get reelected. This is a, you are putting people's lives at risk. Right. Yeah. I mean, blocking access, continuing to put up incremental obstructions that would have the effect of closing clinics or basically just taking abortion off the table as an option for people altogether, that forces women who can afford it to leave the state of Ohio for care. Mm-hmm. It forces doctors to not practice here in the state of Ohio because they're prohibited from doing so. And then the worst case is the women that are most likely to be 
actually blocked by these are denied access to abortion care at all. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Yep. That's criminal in mm-hmm. my mind, you know. So, um, and then, yeah, you know, the the last one on here is, again, more crisis pregnancy center money. Um, Ohio has funded them uh, through the last two budget cycles at a million bucks apiece and through the sale of Choose Life license plates. Um, we're handing over cash uh, out of the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families mm-hmm. Fund that should be money for low-income Ohioans, handing that over to these fake clinics to lie to people about what their options are when they walk in the door thinking they're going to a healthcare facility and they get an ultrasound, but there isn't really a doctor to read that ultrasound because they're not a healthcare facility, and then they're lied to. Mm-hmm. That's the Ohio Right to Life agenda. I don't have anything to say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Kelly's just going to sit in the corner and Right. Be this mad. is the garbage that this <laughs> lobbying group and these extreme legislators are forcing on Ohioans. And they're held in place because of gerrymandering. Ugh. These aren't actually free and fair elections here no, in the state no. of Ohio. You know, when you walk into the polling place, you get to vote. But the way the political lines are drawn, it's not fair. And they're fighting redrawing them. So Right. Yep. And so this is what we're going to be fighting against for the next two years. Uh-huh. Although they might shove all this stuff through the state budget, and it'll be done in six months. Very possible. But can we talk about New York for a minute? Because I don't think you did last week. Did you talk about New York with Robin last week? No. Me and Robin Marty had a great conversation about her book. Everybody should buy her book. Um, uh, but we did not talk about New York. So let's what's, talk about good things first. What's New York doing? <laughs> so New York passed the... Rhode reprodu- Island, too. Yes, and Rhode <laughs> Island's working on it. Um, passed the Reproductive Health Protection Act, which basically ensures... So when we talk about Roe getting overturned or gutted... It doesn't mean that abortion would be illegal everywhere. It It'll would, be legal in the same states it was. So New York, California, yeah. some other liberal states that people can't get to. <laughs> yeah, but in order for it to be a secure right in those states that would allow it to continue to happen, they would need to pass proactive legislation that actually makes it legal in their states. So New York's just getting the jump on that and proactively saying that even if Roe falls, New York will protect access to abortion in their state. And it also repealed some, like, language that had, like, been outlawing it before, or parts of it before. Yeah, so it clarified some really draconian um, legislation laws that were in existence for people who are having major problems in pregnancy later on. Mm -hmm. So it clarified the law for later term procedures where um, a fatal fetal anomaly was happening or a major health problem was happening with the pregnant person. So previously New York law, even if the pregnancy was doomed, it was 100% a fatal fetal anomaly and still have to go you would still state. have to go out of state or continue that pregnancy until it was risking the person's life or you went into labor naturally. So you had people in New York you know, finding out at 27, 28 weeks that the pregnancy was doomed and having to continue it for another couple of months before they went into labor. So this the law now allows for procedures to happen in that time frame where these very specific situations occur does not mean like all of the anti-choice 
BS out there that you know New York now has abortion legal through the day before you deliver. One hundred percent not accurate. Nobody wakes up at thirty six weeks and it's like mm, I'm gonna go get an abortion today. Yeah, it doesn't happen. <laughs> no, it just doesn't. So that is what to clarify the later term part of that. That is what it does. It does not just open it all up because God forbid anti choice organizations actually tell the truth for once. I might pass out if that ever happened. Right. <laughs> lies, lies, and more lies. So yay, New York. Yay, Rhode Island. I think a bunch of other states are talking about doing it, too. So that's very awesome. Hopefully Washington State. Yeah. Right. Colorado. Yes, we need more good reproductive health policy. Yes. Um, something good that did happen in Ohio uh, is we have the introduction of a new infant mortality bill. Um, that is from Representative Tavia Glonsky mm-hmm. uh, and Representative Thomas West. Yes. Uh, both Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Akron area. Uh, yes. Um, Akron is a powerhouse of legislators. I like them. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, this is something that Republicans like to mention as an idea that they would like to work towards. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, infant mortality reduction wasn't part of Ohio right to life six point plan. Hmm. You know, it's, it's It's like they only care about a, Abortion. I don't understand why it's not. <laughs> Throw it in your agenda. Here, here's a free tip for Ohio <laughs> Right to Life. Throw this crap into your agenda. They'd probably just screw it up anyway, like they did adoption law. Probably. But Ad- ima- imagine that, like, the opportunity to work together on something. Mm-hmm. Right. It's completely absent, you know. Money for kids... Increasing, you know, school lunches so that kids get a quality meal at school, you know, doing all the things that would have helped the families raising children with Down syndrome, Mm -hmm. all of these positive ideas, they completely just throw them straight in the garbage can, you know, and Democrats are like, hey, these are decent ideas. Let's introduce them as bills. Now, Mike Anandakis (laughs) would much rather build Trump's $20 billion wall on the southern border than actually do any of those things. So, yeah. Right. So, yay for Golonsky and West doing fabulous infant mortality stuff. Yes. And also, um, to give credit where credit is deserved, <clears throat> I will give all the credit to um, Representative Amelia, well, actually about to become minority leader of the Ohio House, um, Amelia Sykes, Woo-hoo! and Representative Janine Boyd for their amazing work last year on House Bill 1, which ex- expanded Ohio's domestic violence laws to include dating violence because we did not allow people experiencing dating violence to get protection orders and get the same kind of protections you would if you were experiencing domestic violence in a married relationship. Wow, that's a terrible oversight. <laughs> yes, we were one of the like last states that didn't have it. So House Bill 1 passed last year, but I guess there were some pieces of like state, not law, but how administrative agencies worked. So yesterday, because of Minority Leader Sykes's and um, Boyd's work, Mike DeWine actually signed an executive order <gasps> expanding these same kind of protections to state employees. So rewriting kind of how state um, uh, agencies deal with domestic violence to include these dating violence relationships with time off and those kinds of things. And also I think some um, punishment levels for employees who perpetrate these kinds of things on their intimate partner. So right. congratulations to, and I think actually Nathan Manning was in on that too, but most of the work was Amelia Sykes and... 
And this is an executive order. So it's in place right now. Yes. It's not like a bill where it's Mm going to go through the process. No. That's terrific. Yes. It was awesome. Yes. So yay. Okay. All right. So that is the fun times legislative wrap up. (laughs) I love when things are so common sense that everybody's on board. Yeah, unfortunately, it actually took two sessions to get House Bill 1 through. I mean, I believe it, but I'm glad that it still uh-huh. does. Yes, right. <laughs> It eventually gets done, yes. Uh, something that's less important but still kind of fun to talk about, Julie Klausner, uh, who's a big, she's on a TV show called Difficult People. Um, she's a, that's funny because the, considering the person <laughs> she's dealing with. <laughs> yeah, it is really hilarious. Right? Um, she got bumped out of a, off a flight. Um, by John Kasich, yes, who took her seat. Um, it was uh, that's such a John Kasich move. <laughs> really, yes. I was like, yeah, that sounds like him. <laughs> and and she was just absolutely livid, um, and recognizes John Kasich for being the terrible person mm-hmm. that he is, having defunded Planned Parenthood twice, passed a handful of explicit abortion bans, mm. plus many other incremental restrictions uh, during his administration. We lost half of our abortion clinics here in Ohio. Julie Klausner understands that John Kasich is not a good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she put this out there. She got trolled by, you know, Twitter um, yes, and made a happens. statement and said, listen, for every person who trolls me, I'm giving. And no, it wasn't even just trolls. It was anybody who commented. So you can even comment positively. Oh, so nice. everybody who commented back at her. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I was going to troll her and then add a note that says, just kidding. You're doing a great job. But yeah, no, it was everybody who commented. Please contribute. So she's giving money to her friends over at Planned Parenthood of Greater Ohio, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they're in Ohio and Kasich's from Ohio. So, uh, so that Yay is... Yay for going local. Also, very much yeah. appreciate that. Don't give it to a national organization. Actually, give it to an organization in the state. So two it thumbs is. up to that. Um, but I think this is a great story. You know, it makes fun of John Kasich <laughs> for something silly, but does raise the point, uh-huh. not a good guy. Also, shout out to Sarah Enskeep. She did a great job on social media with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it was fun to watch. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, it was fabulous. And, and it really does. I mean, just as he, you know, continues to whitewash who he is on national television, Man. he's not a nice person. Like, he is Mr. 21 Abortion and Reproductive Health Restrictions, but he also is the same guy who called cops idiots for pulling him over because why <laughs> pull him over? Like, oh, okay. He's too important to get pulled over by the highway patrol. Um, And, you know, told people to get on his bus or get under his bus. And, like, he's not a nice person. Right. People just like him because he's unpolished, so they think that he's a man that you can have a beer with. And, yeah, he'll he'll, he'll take your beer. That's that's what's going to happen. He'll take your beer. He was Trump before Trump was Trump. I mean, really, when you go back to it. When you look at some of the speeches he's given, the he's stream of not. consciousness goofiness in oh, his yeah. early speeches, he's he really was bad. Trump before Trump was Trump. And not oh. even early. It was like two weeks ago. <laughs> well, yeah. And then he did it again two weeks ago because somebody left, let him off of his leash for a second. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he had it, been really controlled for a while. Why, it, why are we putting him on national news to be a, like a consultant? I don't understand. <laughs> he's, he's getting that spot. And Jeff Flake has got hired by uh, CBS. I'm like, yes. there are so many out of work journalists right now who <laughs> yes. could do this job 10 times mm-hmm. better for probably 10% of the salary. Yeah. yeah. Instead of some washed up real journalist. Senator. Oh. That's especially on point since so many people got let go. Yes. <sighs> right. So Julie Klausner gets the... Uh, the two thumbs up. Yes. What did we call it? The uh, That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> um, I think we've done that segment maybe twice since I've... Yeah, I know. 
Somebody tell <laughs> Kelly Copeland. Uh, all right, the life gets the walk of shame. See, we go all the way through it again. There yes. you go. Look at that. Um, okay, so it's it, almost it, like we should have an outline. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, it has been a while since we uh, have been on the podcast here as a group. Um, we passed right over the Women's March that mm-hmm. took place across Ohio. It was cold. It was very well. It's well, not, still actually, cold. <laughs> it wasn't as cold then as it was now. But I'm going to tell you, if it was zero wet. degrees, I wouldn't have gone. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Would have. Um, okay, but. <laughs> Uh, the reason why I bring it up is uh, Hannah, our organizer up in Cleveland, went to the Cleveland March and spoke. Yes. Um, and so we've got uh, her speech. Um, it's on our blog. Both the transcript and the video? Uh, I think it's just a transcript. Uh, but it's a, it, it was a great speech. Uh, check that out. Um, and then also just went live today, also on our blog. Uh, links to both of these in the show notes. Um, Ashley, uh, Underwood, our patient staff advocates coordinator, uh, has a very nice blog post up there, uh, along with some videos, um, of both her speaking during lame duck on the state house steps, uh, and two videos of her patients to advocates. So she's been coordinating women who have had abortions that have been trained on, you know, on public policy, mm-hmm. on how to talk about this. Um, and we've, we've done a couple of videos with those two groups over the years. Uh, so definitely check that out. Um, and then the last thing before we go is just the upcoming events. Uh, what's happening in the, uh, all I know that I can list off the top of my head is February 18th. I have a cookie party here at the office. Uh, mm-hmm. that's not an open invite, but if you are interested in attending, please email me at Kelly, K E L L E Y F as a Freeman at ProChoiceOhio.org. And the day after, we'll be selling those cookies that we made at Stand Up for Choice, which is going to be benefiting Women Have Options. Woo-hoo. Right. Yeah, February is the Bolathon kickoff, so that'll be coming soon. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Stand Up for Choice, February 19th, Ace of Cups. That's 2619 North High Street, Columbus, Ohio, 43202. Uh, doors open at 730. I always get there at 7, but that's because I'm tabling. Well, you get to go in. Yeah, yes. I do. The doors are locked until they 7. They will not let you in. <laughs> and it's probably still going to be cold. It will definitely still be cold. Um, but it's that's never that's getting a, warm. Uh, a great event. Hilarious comedians benefiting uh, our, uh, our, our abortion that, fund. Yes. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye.